This episode marks a brand new series of the Sideline Live podcast, Green Army Abroad. On this series, we will be chatting to Irish basketball players playing around the globe. So be sure to tune in every Wednesday over the next couple of weeks. If you have someone you would like to hear from or a player you know, be sure to email thesidelinelive at gmail.com or get in touch over on our social media at the Sideline Live. Welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 34, I am delighted to be joined by Houston Baptist University senior and Irish international Anna McGuire. On this episode, we had an open and honest chat about sports psychology, the reality of college basketball, the transfer portal, dealing with setbacks and so much more. I love chatting to Anna, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks a million for coming on the podcast. Hello, of course. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get into everything, would you be able to give a little bit of a background about yourself for the listeners who might not know who you are? Absolutely. So I'm from Belfast, Northern Ireland, and I've played basketball since forever. And my parents were my coaches. So from a very young age, I decided I wanted to come to America to try to play at a high level. And, and so I over and I did a postgrad year at the Han School for a year to try to get recruited and that was in Princeton, New Jersey and I was very lucky and got recruited to a school in Jersey called St. Peter's and um, where I spent my freshman and sophomore year um, and then coaching changed my sophomore year so I ended up actually going on the transfer portal at the end of that and I transferred to a school called Houston Baptist University where I've been for the past two years so I graduated and um, when December 20 20- and I started my master's in January and I've been doing that ever since so I've won go. Brilliant so we'll get into all that you mentioned there you always wanted to go to the States of college I know you emailed coaches at a really young age asking them for scholarships what age did you really like where did that exposure come from that you said oh I want to go to states were you watching someone else or was it just from your family? No I was for watching other people but I think it was definitely the core of it was my family because they- uh, they have they run sports in his life and so the victory scholarship program was something exposed to from a really young age which is basically where they would bring american and um, master students essentially who had played basketball and they also did soccer but mostly basketball and um, over to um go to college masters and play the sport and um, that they played in college over here and youth so I was like very exposed to a lot of Americans from a young age who had played basketball in college over here and basketball was such a big part of my life that I was like that's what I want to do so that's kind of where it kind of um I think it is so at what point then did you really take it seriously and take it to the next level as in with your training preparation I honestly like pretty much as soon as I started playing I mean from a from a young age I like shit around and stuff but I didn't really play like even when I was emailing the coach even I wasn't even really on the team like I just really would go around to my parents like practice like shooting around like I didn't really have a clue and um, but I think I joined like my like my parents started Ulster Elks like juniors I think when I was maybe like 11 10 or 11 and like from that point forward I like took it extremely seriously really okay. and I was extremely lucky too because my mom works in university 
so she, and she coached there so I was around there every day shooting and so then it came to a point where even when she stopped coaching I would go around there every day because I had the access to it and it was beside my house and I genuinely loved to do it so as much as I was like I had the goal but it too so I was around there every single day like from a very young age wow as you said there like kind of that access to your family but it kind of sounds like a real sort of like you wanted this from a very young age like you were saying even when they weren't training you were down there shooting even though you probably weren't doing maybe the most efficient thing uh-huh. but you were still in basketball you loved the sport yeah. that clearly came from like a really really young age where do you think that came from was it from being exposed to those um scholarship athletes do you think yeah I think the fact that I mean my parents both like love basketball and it's been like a lot of their life and only see of my dad's life in many ways and and both of them have just been a the sport and so it's always inspired me and then I think another the thing with the victory scholar program is they were they're obviously brought over for the youth and like I was definitely no like like it was me like it was I was one of they did inspire and I think the most amazing thing is that there was I was super lucky to be exposed to so many of them because we I was like right in the middle of it so I knew people from so many different places from so many different backgrounds and they all end each other and with amazing experiences because of basketball so I just something I could use as a tool and and I loved it for that and when did you start to get involved with sort of international squads and kind of really take your game to the next level really I tried out for my so I tried out for the under 16 team but it was like the under 15 you know because it was like oh yeah and when I was like 12 I think the tryouts were so and then the I think by the time I was I think I was when I was 12 and then I was 13 when I was picked for that like oh yeah Yeah, I know what you mean I was on that team yeah so I was on it since I was 13 and Mm -hmm. I absolutely loved it and it was so funny actually because I was so clueless like my first trial and our assistant coach was and it was like this just huge gym of girls you know and I like I was so oblivious like I knew nothing about it and um the assistant coach started like explaining what we had to do and I like did not in any way understand her like not even tiny bit like couldn't understand her accent and so I just completely assumed she was speaking in Irish like here's me a northerner like (laughs) like, just an idiot so I turned to the girl and I was like can you tell me what she's saying like I'm Irish like I was so serious because I I went to integrated school like I never learned any of it and she was like she's speaking English and I was like I literally I was like I'll just go to the back of the line because I have no idea so oh. it was definitely it was so funny like I mean she was from Kerry so it was like a oh fair enough yeah it was a proper Irish accent I gave you that one yeah yeah I had just not been used to it before fully thought it was like Gaelic like I was like what oh. is this and um, yeah so I but I loved it I mean that team was super fun like I'm still really good friends with a lot of those girls because we kind of played the whole way up you know mm-hmm. and whether it was a year up and stuff like that so it was a lot of fun and did you were you nervous going into that trial or were you just like oh I'm just here for the crack and um, I was definitely nervous but I de- I always felt very confident at trials like it was something I enjoyed to do like I kind of liked that competitive aspect but yes 100% mm-hmm. nerves and um, but the type of nerves that I think are good you know yeah yeah it kind of shows that you care and you kind of have that fire in your belly yeah but I was definitely taking it seriously like I wasn't going in there for fun like I was like okay (laughs) I was so competitive like yeah yeah and 
speaking about those Irish teams, take us through a little bit of that really up to maybe under 18. What what were those teams like? What were those experiences like? So the one that I was just talking about, I ended up just staying on, I was on the 15 and then my age group came up and I was told I had to pick one or the other. Like I couldn't stay on both. So I ended okay. up picking my own age group just because I felt like, I mean, that was, it felt like the right thing to do at the time. And I'm super happy that so because um, I, I love we went to France and stuff with that first team and then the second team I'm like getting them confused yeah so the second team was super fun that was when I went to my first year and it was like it was really cool it was I mean literally my best friends on are still my best friends today you know and oh, that's lovely. That, yeah it's super nice and like we team we just had a really great bond and we just all loved each other so it was super we placed like 11th or something which was pretty good at the time and so, and then after that, I did another under 18 euros. Uh, it was with Liam and Tommy. So, yeah, so that was my scene. And then I did two under 18s. So, one playing up with Tommy O'Mahony as the head coach, and one with my age group as Liam Cody as the head coach. And they're okay. both really good experiences, also. I've really, like, I've been so lucky with my scenes. Like, I've loved the girls on them and have loved it. I've played a lot. So, I got like a lot of experience in that way. And, and then I was super lucky in 2019, the year before I came to Houston, to play with the senior team, which was yeah. like amazing. I mean, that was my first time with the senior team. And I was super lucky. I mean, James Wilden gave me such an amazing opportunity. And I had such a ball. And it was so funny because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I played in my teams a lot. This one, I didn't really play in a lot. And it was probably my favorite team, honestly. Like, and I just had such a good time. And, like, that just shows a lot, too, because it's all about, like, you know the environment and like the people and like I loved the girls got on with them so well and mm-hmm. stuff it was just it was great so yeah I had a ball on that I was super lucky we went to Norway and Estonia and had a really good trip. Speaking about those environments you mentioned there even with the underage squads the bond that you've had was that yeah. cultivated by the coaches or was that just you kind of just clicked as a group with the personalities that what the players and coaches had? I depends on the team I think that um the girls I was talking about who are I've been super close with since under 16 I mean we were on all those teams together mm-hmm. and I think it was huge in that like obviously we were traveling nearly every other weekend for practices for like two years and um, and so huge in that like obviously it's a bit I mean it might be a bit different now but and it was like I know it still is like this I feel like a lot of your friends in your school like get it you know like they don't take stuff like sport maybe that seriously yeah I think because you're going in there from like 13 14 15 with the and you're leaving friends to like go and do this you know so they're the people like they're the people I related to the most like I was like this is great like they're giving up entire weekends instead of going to like parties or like doing this and doing that like they're coming and dedicate so I think that that was something that really and brought us together and I think that it really depended on the team like sometimes it did come from the coaches sometimes it was just like super well and I think a lot of the times like we've been super lucky like like there's been teams on our teams because like obviously some people just aren't too great you know <laughs> it's like like throughout the years like I've been super lucky anyway like I've really liked everyone I've so yeah we were lucky that way and kind of speaking about that what sounds like as you said everyone kind of buys in they're all sacrificing it's really like from even from a young age it's a high performance environment how did you find having that high performance environment and then 
kind of going back to maybe club or school and as you said friends don't really get it they don't really get what you're doing and they don't really get the sacrifice or commitment that comes with it yeah I honestly I was so from such a young age I wanted America right so like Mm. I hear so like that to me was just like a stepping stone like I was say I was very driven and focused in a way that that didn't overly ball I honestly too was lucky because my parents get it you know yeah so yeah. they were able to relate and then also my friend group um, and in my club were really supportive like they were very like I mean didn't play basketball like they were always like no Anna's doing this like leave her alone like yeah I, and that was like you know I don't know it was just cool like they were all super supportive into this and even though they don't really get it and like that's so huge to me because I've just been like oh whatever and so I was very lucky it like obviously at times it's like oh like they're not gonna get that frustration yeah that's okay you know it's like who cares like someone's gonna get it so and I was just gonna say in school were you kind of known as Anna the basketball player was that kind of how it worked well when I first went in I was known as daughter because he was a teacher in my school he was like a teacher um, and he ended up leaving after my first year there okay and, uh, so for the longest time I was Gareth Maguire's daughter and um, how'd yeah, you find that I, I mean I love being my dad's daughter so yeah. I mean I mean he was like the cool teacher so it's not oh good there you go you're grand then teacher like everyone liked me for that and um, so yeah it was grand but yeah, so I eventually, yeah, of course, like I was known as like the basketball player. Yeah. Um, but I was also like such a tryhard in school. Like I really was involved in everything, like everything okay. kind of. So um, so I kind of was kind of known as kind of maybe an all-rounder. But yeah, people okay. definitely knew that I played basketball a lot. Okay, yeah. And I'm interested to hear about that individual perspective that you have with your training and preparation. I know you would have worked with a sports psychologist and Dean Adams with kind of speed training when did that all start and what made you do that and kind of go that extra mile yeah so really it was my mom like my my I've been very lucky in that way like my mom really laid the foundations for me and both of my sisters in that she knows sport well and knows like athletes well so her me and fear in that like in like trends that she recognized were like people going to America and getting injured Um, or like people going up different levels of getting injured or people training really hard and getting injured and so Dean Adams actually we started working and he's amazing by the way I cannot like hype him up enough he's so good we started initially working with him and Laura Kerr who's another coach who was amazing And, and so we worked with them and it was more my mom brought us into like a prehab perspective like basically teaching us like how to run right how to good form and like different things like how to be like agile but in the right way it's like not just being able to do things but being able to heighten stuff in a way that's safe yeah definitely something that's probably overlooked by players and coaches that really everyone talks about snc but like start with that start with the basics like yes 100 because i mean even now like i'll be like doing workouts with people and i like they're literally gonna get hurt just by like and stuff and i'm like thank I was like exposed to like how to actually do things right and don't get me wrong like I need to be corrected all the like I still don't do things right but like just in the way that I have an idea of like how my body's meant to move you know yeah um, and so we started I can't even remember what age I was I was probably like 14 right? maybe like 14 
Okay. Aaron, like, think about Andy and Aaron were way younger, you know, because we all started at the same time. And okay. so they were super lucky that way too, because they were that bit younger where they could like really craft themselves into that type of, whereas I was already kind of adjusting, if you know what yeah. I mean. I know exactly and, what you mean, yeah. Yeah, but um, massive. And like, we only went to him once growing up and that like, it just did, it did so much for us, so much event like it I'm would not be as quick without him like I would not be able to move as well as I do and and it's funny because like when I'm away from him for longer I recognize my like going into my old patterns still like yeah. I've been working with him for ages so I go home I get a session in with him as soon as I can and um, but yeah so we started stepping up like honestly like I can't say there was a time where I sat down and said I need to start taking this seriously like I quite okay did like from like as soon as I got into it because I told because like I said like from like literally there's the video of me when I was like nine either being like I am gonna get a division one basketball scholarship <laughs> I honestly should because it's it's actually really embarrassing but it's also kind of funny and yeah. I'm like a Barbie and I'm like I'm gonna get a division one basketball scholarship <laughs> and I'm gonna live with my auntie Maeve and and so my mom is like I mean she's like literally a queen and so she's my dream for from a young age and she kind of figured out ways to make that possible for me so um mm. it was kind of something I always did um we started that relatively young and like Erin mm. because I was 14 so Erin must have been when she started which is like Wait, she was which sorry you got out there nine wow started with him I think because I was 14 so she's been always working with him you know okay so she's probably going to end up the best athlete then in the three years is that what, oh, is that what I'm yeah. hearing she is already the best of the three of us like literally oh yeah no doubt yeah she's in- Okay, cool. And what inspired the working with a sports psychologist? What kind of what was the thought process there? Yeah, so I was I definitely hit a bump in the road where I was just really struggling, and I think that it was. I mean, it was a couple of experiences, but then I think, like, I was definitely bottled. Like, I bottled a lot. So, like, if I was going through stuff, like, I would fight, fight, fight. And I honestly, I feel like that's kind of when I do the best, which is like kind of ironic that moment when I'm like fighting something it's like when I'm probably the best aftermath is kind of where I struggle so like once that's like I like really like I got into like a really bad space in my head and like wouldn't really admit it for a time but I kind of got to a dark space and so eventually and my mom was like insisting that I go see like a sports psychologist and enforced upon me obviously but I definitely wasn't a fan of the idea at the start just because I didn't I liked nothing wrong you know yeah and, and what age were you at this age sorry this I was age. 16 I would okay. say yeah it was like yeah it was I was and but yeah and I think definitely a lot of pressure was there was like like bad experiences harder to deal with just in terms of I had pre- and it was all the pressure was from me like I was like I want to go to America and because I'd been thinking about it a long time like there were so many different things that I was just like I need to do this anything yeah do this and if I don't do this I've failed you know and so was constantly felt like I was doing everything I could do to get myself in the right position or two and but obviously there's so many things that we cannot control you know and Mm -hmm. sometimes like that I I struggle I used to really struggle with that like you know knowing not being able to have control over that stuff and so yeah so I went to a sports psychologist and I did not like it at the start like I really didn't I was just like oh like I just didn't want to talk about it like I thought I was fine like I you know I just was like whatever 
and um, but it eventually got to a point where I gave it a shot and um, when I was being taught like mindfulness I was like what a go and I like gave it a proper go and I was like amazed it it helped me so much and um it really opened my like how powerful the mind is and like how I need like respect it and like give it like kind of leeway that was kind of huge that was kind of a huge turning point for me I feel like Mm -hmm. what were some of the initial sort of exercises or discussions that you had that some of the listeners could try implement or just get a bit of an insight with the the, I think it's like completely different for each person so like don't take it like Mm -hmm. yeah this is just what worked for you yeah for me the mindfulness was the biggest and it's hard like you have to train to do it like at the start I was like I feel like I'm just like listening to the birds or something <laughs> but literally like the moment like walking around the University of Ulster um campus and like I'll just literally like told me like hold on to his arm and he was like close your eyes and just like I'll lead you the way you know and so basically you have to like yeah. walk everything out of your mind and like if a thought should out and it like it sounds it doesn't sound great but it, like once you can find like this amazing like state of like peace um that like experienced that before not that like I've had a very great life you know like yeah I don't mean it in that way just like it was just like a moment of like zero thoughts you know so like it completely kind of brings you back to like ground ground zero which was like huge and so it kind of and it's also a reminder that you do have control of your mind so for me that was like really big in that like I used that a lot from then like just to kind of relax and like and how how much do you still use mindfulness now is that something you've really carried with you yeah I mean so I need to get a lot better because I've definitely like I was in a great habit of doing it and then I kind of came to a point where I would kind of let myself get in a stress mm. way before I did it and so at the moment I am working towards like actually just doing it continually so that I don't have to get myself to that point where I need it yeah you know what I mean? yeah you kind of like a maintenance kind of like yes. once I keep at it like I don't let it drop too much absolutely yeah yeah and what's how much of basketball and sport but mainly basketball do you think is mental like people always kind of you know the way sport is 90% mental and other people you know agree or disagree what's your take on that I 100% think it's 90% like can I, you explain that to the listeners yeah. know, some people probably be screaming at you that's not it's not no I know and free to disagree in any way you want but I just personally believe it is like I obviously believe you need a certain level of skill I do believe mm. that 100% yeah. like you can't just go I have no idea and like kill it mm. but I've seen people who like I've seen people who have amazing skill and amazing talent and zero confidence and they're absolutely terrible on the court because mm. why would they be anything else you know and I've seen mm. other people who have very limited skill but extreme confidence and understand how to use the limited skill that they have and they can kill and I even know just from my own experience like I mean I'm a completely different player when I have confidence and when I don't like like night day you know okay what do you see the differences as really in those with the two corresponding players yeah I think that I, I funny because I'm still like trying to figure that out I think like the confidence when I feel this confidence or like I have a confidence there's honestly not as much thought to it yeah. right almost yeah. like the way you're not mindfulness state like in a strange way and um, whereas like 
the lack of confidence it's like you're thinking about everything you're conscious of everything you're almost like self-conscious on the court if that makes any sense yeah no exactly I know exactly what you mean yeah and it's like hard because like I've been trying like long to figure out how to just consistently get myself into that state Mm -hmm. it's you know that like level of mindfulness almost when you're on the court and I do you know like I've been trying and I've been trying different methods but I think that's definitely the me it's like you're either thinking about it or you're not yeah yeah I'm interested here is there any particular techniques I know you're still learning I'm Mm -hmm. really only getting into this kind of now is there anything particular you found you've helpful for building up your confidence at all and I definitely have found that um well I practice is like everything but saying that I can't like I don't think that like like I think that that's key but I don't think that that's um the deal breaker because I like I've always practiced always yeah like I've still have com- have confidence slumps and so I think for me like definitely something that's helped visualization and and also kind of reminding myself that um basketball is like a huge part of my life but it isn't me like find me and I think like that's something that I like struggled with for like a while mm-hmm. so, yeah so I think that that's something but visualization is something that helps me in terms of like like on my way to games and stuff I would definitely do that and like that's important definitely I mean because I've been in many situations where I don't play very much so mm-hmm. you go on you have to capture that moment and like be able to actually well even though you've been sitting cold on the bench for like an hour you know yeah. so like, yeah. finding place and um, so I think it definitely depends as well on like where what your position is role is but for me like a lot of it was being able to have the confidence even though I've been sitting there I can go down and knock down a shot yeah like just like as if I've been in the game the whole time yeah I know what you mean I I heard a good clip it was from Nadia Power she's an Irish runner she was saying on it was on news talk off the ball she was kind of saying that she struggled with sort of belief and confidence and mm-hmm. one of the biggest things she did recently was she was training with athletes um that won European medals and all this she finally realized oh like that can happen to me and another thing she did was she had a big sheet of paper and she wrote down, I think it was her PB or a goal she had. And she said, she put that at the top and she listed the reasons down underneath why she could get there. And mm-hmm. I thought that was just sometimes just something really simple. Yeah, and it was just putting reminder. stuff to paper. Exactly. That reminder. Do you have to constantly, especially if you're on the bench, maybe not getting your game time or maybe shots aren't going in and warm up or yeah. when you're out practicing. Is that that constant reminder you need? Yeah, I mean, I think that um it's so funny because I used to see it a lot in the way that it's like oh like if okay I did this I did this before the game I played really well so I have to do that again whereas I'm like went out of that now because I feel like that puts pressure on that and it's like okay well if I don't do this like no I can always do that it doesn't matter what I do you know what I mean obviously there's different people but for me I'm like nothing's gonna really stop me from doing well right this second apart from my mind like from apart from yeah. myself right now so I think that that's kind of something that well and like overcoming and that like it is on it's on me you know like mm-hmm. that was on totally on the, like, I can't control like when I get put on or how long I get put on for but if I like doesn't matter when it is like it's my job to like get myself in my mind in position yeah exactly do you find it hard, you mentioned there kind of basketball is part of my life but it's not my life how do you stop you know how do you kind of park basketball and kind of separate it from the other aspects of your life and you kind of mentioned you probably struggle with that a little bit 
yeah oh that was like struggle for me like literally um because basketball was my life you know it was only it was like literally the only thing I ever thought about and the only thing I ever set towards um, and like even if like all my academic and extra all set with the end goal of them helping my basketball okay you know? so like everything always had that end you know that like finale of basketball mm-hmm. that was huge and it I had to get to the point where I like isn't I need to not be that way because that's so you know, like it was seriously like if my basketball was going well I was basketball was not going well I was so down and like that's not okay it's up to a point where it's like okay that's a part of my life mm. you know determine like how I'm feeling and my day-to-day basis like it's just as long as I'm putting in as long as I'm doing everything I can do like if I'm putting and put towards then that's enough you know, and like, don't get me wrong, it's still going to affect your emotions. Um, but it shouldn't be to the point where it's like day to day, you're struggling because something isn't going your, your way in one part of your life. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm going to draw this conversation a little bit back to kind of going to the Hun School and the prep school. How did you kind of get into the Hun School? Was there a connection there? I know you mentioned family in the States. How did that all work out there? So we ended up, how did I get? So uh, we ended up meeting a woman who was a coach, a really good coach at a prep school in New Jersey. Um, but her prep school didn't have like a post-grad year. Okay. Like just had the high school years. And I needed the post-grad year because I already had graduated high school. Yeah. So she had recommended this conference of prep schools and she highly recommended the Hunt School because she wasn't too far from it either. So she was like, she was like 40 minutes from it. So she was like, I can look out for her. Or like she can come work out with me and my team. Cause her team was super, like really good. Wow, okay. Like that. So that's how we ended up, we ended up reaching out and um, ended up sorting out that, for me to go there. And she was, her name was Mary Klinger. She was such a blessing for me that year. Like literally, um, I mean, the Hun School was amazing in the first place, but she was, it was really nice to have that bit of air outside of it as well. Yeah. And yeah. um, so I, and would go over and I would help out at her camps or her training sessions and then she would also work me out a little bit and um, which was amazing I mean she used to play for USA she played for Rucker wow. incredible yeah so um I loved her and she really she really treated me like her own child you know and her mm. son actually did the Victory Scholar program oh that's gas yeah so that's kind of I think that's how they met I think it's how they met I don't know it's something yeah. like that um, I can't remember who met who first. Honestly. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, so that was kind of how it went and she was amazing. So that's kind of how we got the connection there. And then ever since that, um, we they all the connection through me. So that's how Anya has been there and now Erin's going there in August. Mm-hmm. And to that point before going to prep school, was there sort of interest and contact with any college in, in the States or had you kind of, were you waiting for to, to get to the home school? there was so there was definitely contact I had a couple division two offers but I was like set on going division one and look I would definitely advise people not to be stuck on that but at the time I really thought that I was stuck on it I just felt like I was a division one player and I felt like I just didn't have the exposure Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of my outlook on it and so um yeah so I was but also there was like that year of when I was 16 17 when I struggled like I really like I like lost a lot of weight like wasn't doing very well like I really let myself get on top of myself and 
really didn't play like I played but not like I would play you know like I wasn't well and I felt like I'd missed like that whole year essentially before being recruited and so that was another reason that I wanted to go. Okay I'm interested to hear about the division two offers is that them making contact with you first or are you reaching out saying sending them film from the likes of the European Championships how does that work there? It was both so like yeah you especially when you're international like it's definitely important that you read out reach out a lot because we're here like you're just in if you're just involved in a team like they're going to hear about you at some point whether it's tournament or just through the grapevine and whereas like at home friend like that would be need to be a very very big grapevine if you know what I mean unless you're Mm -hmm. like and and so yeah so it was definitely I reached out to people a lot from my age equally I got people reaching out to me and but I like I didn't do well during that time that I wasn't like feeling good and it was funny like do the little things like literally I would be asked like send transcripts or like send this film or that film and I was so bad at following up like I was tearing up and for about a year and so I think that's where a lot more stress than knew it was my fault you know that I was like and I just wasn't in a good head wasn't like like logically I just I wasn't thinking logically like I wasn't doing things yeah how I would usually do it you know I just wasn't thinking well and so yes he screwed me a little bit but it was me screwing me I guess so and so I learned a lot and um, but yeah so it was kind of a bit of both and um, but the D2 that reached out like I had I, I hadn't reached out to any D2s like maybe because I, I was only reaching out to D1s which again I wouldn't advise people to do but at the time that on, yeah yeah and I'm interested to hear then you go to the home school when, how does that recruiting then work in the states and I'm just I'm interested to hear from my own perspective I'm just interested in it and for any of the listeners that are thinking of yeah. going to prep school and then to kind of bridge that gap from yes I'm going to prep school but then how do I get a college scholarship oh so it totally re- depends on your prep school so it's in so I was in a really good area I was in Princeton New Jersey so like that's like a huge like area like New Jersey New- I mean pretty much everywhere like you can find recruits but mm-hmm. but that was like a very like hot spot for like a bunch of colleges so so that is one thing is the area I would other thing is your coach's connections so my coach that many connections I actually did a lot of the networking myself and she kind of helped me out with but I would like I love the Han school and I had a great experience really good that like I got to play a lot there because they weren't like like this is the thing like it's kind of like if you're going to if you go to a huge basketball prep school you're competing for minutes and like you're going there to get a scholarship like if you go over there and you don't get minutes you're not going to I thought it was smarter to go to a school where I would definitely get minutes down you know and and be able to show myself and so it kind of it's all it really is all connections like you have to get coaches or other kind people who know other people to tell you you're there and yeah. just like and then people will start coming to your practices or your games and then other people will start coming so it's kind of yeah. like you just need to get something to kind of get the ball rolling yeah it also depends depending on your prep school it'll tell you how dependent just because like whether they're gonna do the work for you and like get the contact I have to do that work yeah okay and what are those conversations like then with coaches in regards to kind of you've you've reached out you've made contact you know you're kind of 
sorting each other out seeing where they are at they're trying to see where you're at what are those conversations like and what are the questions you ask and what do they ask you well I think that a huge question I always got asked was what do you think your strengths are and which is something that at the start I was kind of like my mom had always said that to me like know what your strengths and weaknesses are and I was always like whatever like they're gonna (laughs) be on the floor but they want to know what you think they are which is like super interesting Um, and so that was definitely a huge question um but and like other than that it's more like in my experience it was very much like convert like life conversation because they want to kind of feel you out about how you are as a person too you know because they don't want some like like not nice kid on their team you know so and so I think that that was definitely huge they try to kind of get a vibe about what you're like just by like normal life questions more so than basketball because I think that a lot of the basketball stuff does kind of do the talking for you on the court yeah I know what you mean and what are those questions that you're asking the coaches whether it's about the team the school the conference the playing time obviously would be a big one as well Mm -hmm. so I never asked about playing time ever okay I didn't but I always asked like how do you feel like I could contribute to your team and again like you don't want to be in a situation where you're going to a team and like you could be a good player but you might just not fit into how that team plays you know yeah and so another question is like what type of game do you play like do you guys play a fast paced game or like a half court game like what do you rely on the most um, Mm -hmm. and a big question and then another question I was asked was um what are the academics like I mean saying that though I would definitely do a lot of research on the skills beforehand so it wouldn't be as broad as like what are your academics like it'd be like okay I seen you do I see your girl does this program and like how do any of the girls in your team get and how do they find it you know it'd be that type of thing because you want them to know that you're interested and that you've invested yourself in a bit a bit already totally looking back kind of with your experience now and having gone through it and you know being one school change to another is there any questions that you would ask now that looking back you didn't or would you change anything or would you just keep it the same um I think that I would be more to the point like I think I was very like you know I think that I think it takes the experience to recognize that it's a business you know look at the start I was very oh like please pick me like please pick me whereas I think there there obviously will be a level of that but I think that there's also a level of listen this is what I think I can give to you and like do you think that will work for you and if so what how do you think I can contribute like it needs to be more of like a I can do this for you like it's like a a transaction from both ways you know like they're giving you a huge thing too but you have to be able to contribute so I think I would like I was very like like my emails were like super long like I like telling them all about me and telling them what I love about their school and that and like I said like a bit of that is good but I think it needs to be also like listen like I think this could be a great opportunity for both of us you know and like yeah I would be honored if I like had that opportunity to show you that you know okay yeah that's interesting and kind of speaking about those offers and contact who was who were you in contact with who offered you scholarships and I know you went to St. Peter's, but how does that decision, take us through the steps to make that decision? Yeah. So my, she got super unlucky my uh, year at the Hunt School because like two, three weeks into the season. So I'd been, I'd been playing very well. And then like three weeks into the season, I got a injury. And the season okay. in, in America is super short compared to home. I got injured in like December. Our season started like the start of November. I got injured in December. 
and it didn't get back until the last two weeks. <clears throat> so at that Oh, uh, sugar. Yeah, it sucked. So at that point, I was speaking to Lafayette, St. Franklin, were like the two main ones that I really, really liked. And Lafayette was from like a super young age. And then St. Francis, Brooklyn, I didn't think I'd like. I didn't think I'd like a city school, even though I love New York. I just didn't think I would. And I went and I, but I absolutely adored it. Um, and I was like, I want to live here. <laughs> and so, and, but yeah, so they, he was at, that coach was the, the game. I got injured. Like it just didn't work out well. Okay. So eventually it just kind of faded out. But then by the end of the season, I'd like, and stuff. it was just tough. Cause it was like, I was just coming back and I had like two weeks to offer basically. Um, and so I was super lucky. I got an offer from Lafayette. It took and, and then it, the coach ended up getting fired. Oh, no. And so, like, literally, like, two days later, I got an offer from St. Peter's. Went to St. Peter's. Uh, committed there. Went there. Loved it. And um, then two years later, transferred. So, yeah, that's kind of how it went. It was, like, that's who I was mostly talking to. Like, there was a few skills, but they were the ones I liked them. Okay. For sure. And what are those college visits like? what do you do? I spoke to Evening and briefly about it but can of take us through a little bit like you obviously meet the team you probably watch a practice do you get involved much yeah so it it depends on the, some skills will get you to train with the team or like scrimmage okay. the, team. the most nerve-wracking thing of all time and like <laughs> the reason is because it's like you know if you, like I know because kids do that in my school all the time like they'll as recruits and they'll like scrimmage with us and we are judging everything they make because like you do like you're like this could be my new teammate I wonder what they're like on the you're literally judging everything and so like when you're in that position like it's hard you know it's like so nerve-wracking yeah and so, yeah usually so there's usually like a tour of the campus like you get to know the coaches for a while and you'll usually scrimmage watch your practice and and then you'll usually be assigned like um, one or two girls that'll like host you and um, them for the night and you kind of hang out with the team or like go out for dinner like yeah so it's pretty I mean it's hard I mean sometimes they're great and sometimes like, a lot of the time you arrive on campus and like pretty much first hour you have an idea if you could see yourself being there or not you know okay so, like if you don't see yourself being there you're like can this please be <laughs> Like, it's like the longest 48 hours of your life oh 100% which is bad because it's like you, you almost feel back you're like I mean it's always a great it's always great meeting new people and like getting introduced to new environments but yeah there's definitely been times where I've been like yeah I don't see myself being here like I just am and then there's been other times and like I've been on the other end of that too where like in hosting and I've like no, like I host a lot okay. and I'm like oh like I know that like it here or like equally this kid's gonna love it here you know so it's yeah you know you can kind of tell like right from the jump like how people feel Mm -hmm. and speaking about that that first year at St. Peter's how did you find adapting to the college game and making the jump to division one I know freshmen which which is your first year in college if anyone doesn't know you sit on the bench a lot you don't get much playing time what's that like really coming from Ireland and the Hund where you're probably one of the top players and you get loads of minutes yeah it was definitely it's it's funny though because I I think my whole life pictured that happening I don't know why Mm -hmm. I just thought there was like a structure that way and that you would sit your freshman year and then you would work for playing time 
Um, and I also had a very old team at St. Peter's. Like, we had a lot of um, seniors. Um, so I, like, really expected that. Um, and so I didn't mind it too much. And I did find it hard in that I went in very nervous. Okay. And so I can honestly say I think that I looked like a different player my freshman year, my sophomore year. But the sophomore year player was always there. And I just, like, I don't know. I was nervous and kind of awkward, I would say. And but got on with the team really well. I think the main thing I kind of find it hard to adjust to was um, the defense. And okay. um, at home, it's like very aggressive. And then here it's not like we have like a two touch rule. So it's like, you cannot even touch someone twice. Like it doesn't matter. Right. It's just and like, it's not to do with a file. Like they call that a file. I do not see that as well, personally. Imagine that, um, imagine them trying to do that in Super League. <laughs> like it's unbelievable, but it's crazy because it made me like really timid. Cause I, I was yeah. just so scared to like <laughs> touch anyone so I felt like so timid and like oh it was just awkward yeah. and it's still something I've definitely got better at it like for sure but like yeah at the start it was really really hard to that and but I mean I was like always the hardest worker on my team like always so like I never again it was that understanding that I'm everything I can do I'm gonna get there you know mm-hmm. okay so, I'm interested with that that mindset and that kind of hard work did you find it was there any real low points in your first year kind of being I know you were in the hunt school but kind of being you know in a different environment again or was it just as you said you were kind of expecting this so it was like oh well this is all part of the plan uh, yeah I was fully like this part of the plan I don't know <laughs> I was just like in the back, like I mean this is something too like this has been my dream my whole life like I was like yeah. there wasn't one part of me that doubted that I would be playing at some right. point you know, I was gonna have to. I don't know why it was just this foundational understanding in my head that it was okay. Yeah. Really, I mean, of course, there was times where I was like, "Oh, I really wish I would have got on." Like, of course, mm-hmm. like, well, I want to play it. You know, not just mm-hmm. practice it. And um, mm-hmm. so, of course, like, I'm not saying I was like, "Whatever." Of yeah. course, times I was upset, and um, there was never a point where I was like, "Like, this is the end." Like, it never felt like the end of the world. Like, I was like, yeah. it's fine. It's coming." Mm-hmm. Is if there's anyone listening that is thinking of going to the states or is in the states now, or anywhere really that's struggling with that playing time and not getting minutes, particularly if they're new to the team, what advice would you give them? Yeah, well, okay, yeah. So don't get me wrong. My freshman year, I didn't struggle. After that, I definitely struggled with it. My because my freshman year, I was very like, like I said, this is part of the plan. I yeah. definitely hundred percent struggled with not getting playing time. I okay, with that, and um, and. I think that like the best like when I was I think um look at stats like I would say the time that I proved that I was best at dealing with it was sophomore year Um, and that was very I mean barely like I didn't well no I got on the floor but not that often but when Mm -hmm. I did extremely efficient like I was very like um it really focused in on my role I was like okay what is my role like what exact stats what exact things will get me on the floor and what on the floor or what within that time like that eight minute period that I what can I do that will contribute towards the game in an effective yeah. way I zoned in on that and at that time it was shooting like I needed to shoot to literally not miss like basically to have any chance of stepping foot on um, and so I did that and I did it really well it was the best one and I had this like extreme like understanding that 
literally if I got called on the floor for 30 seconds to knock down a shot even if on the whole game I had zero doubt that I was going to miss that shot like just zero wow. and I often miss it like I literally was like and again that's how I know it's my, like I was in this place where I was like like it's fine because again it's like that foundational understanding that made it okay yeah and, yeah and it's funny like I'm like these foundational understandings myself without like randomly having them sometimes yeah um, yeah so that was something that was huge for me was like really understanding my role just just like apart from that I think a huge thing was like I mean even for like first team I was talking about like I got I got like I got in on for like 10 15 minutes not very much but um like I enjoyed it so much like I said that's because I understood my role like I was yeah. like my role in this team is to be and it's to encourage it's to when I go on the floor and like knock down shots play a good day like I knew what I needed to do I knew what my coach wanted needed for and I like carried that out in like the best way I could yeah I love that speaking about that second year um you kind of had a bit of a at the end of the first year the coach got fired the coach that recruited you and a new coach came in and he I, I don't have the direct quote but basically said to you that you weren't a division one player and then yeah. there was a couple of things going on with that team and you, you decided to stay that year you didn't transfer straight away what was the how hard was that decision to stay in an environment that you knew that you didn't maybe have the support straight away from the coach and that you kind of really had to battle as you said you you knew you weren't going to get much time on the floor and you knew you had to do your job how did you deal with that um so initially I was obviously um because I felt like I really deserved to be there and and me that made him feel that was his like he just came in with that attitude rather like before so anything he was saying just wasn't even because I didn't play the year before so he was saying was just like a guess basically (laughs) and so because at the time I didn't know if my scholarship could be taken from me and that was like what really scared and as soon as I find out it wasn't it couldn't be taken from me because like unless like you kind of do something that's really wrong Mm -hmm and fired up like I was so fired up like I didn't like my and all and like don't get me wrong there was tears like there was tears for sure here and there mm-hmm. so determined like to prove him wrong like I, mm-hmm. I've never again that was one of those times where at the time I like really just like I'm so determined I'm so ready to and and then afterwards I more struggled if you know what I mean like once yeah. that happened but like at the time like during that year like there was definitely times where I would be upset it was so it was but that was like more from like frustration like mm-hmm. it's very hard like to be in such an environment every day where someone would make it known that they don't want you there like that's hard mm-hmm. like because it is your life essentially like it feels like it when it's like you're there with that person every day or those people every day that's mm-hmm. hard and is that oh sorry go ahead no that's okay that's okay I was, I was just going to say, was that the kind of moment where you realized, oh, this is a business or was it maybe sure. earlier? No, for sure. I mean, I kind of had an inkling, but yeah. this is kind of when I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, you're a pawn, like you're a tool. And it's like, if, like, if they don't want you, like they can, they, like, it's, uh, I don't know. And I, this happens all the time too. Like, it's just very like, you know, you're in their world and like that power element is like tough because it's like they do essentially have a lot of power over you so, mm-hmm. um yes yeah, so that was definitely the point where I was like yeah this is for sure a business because 
mm-hmm. like I just thought it was unbelievable like I was like I'm a 19 20 year old kid who yeah I was like 19 I think I was yeah I was 19 living like thousands of miles away from my parents and that I lived that's where I went to school and it's like he's like I don't care like yeah. like you're terrible so it was just like crazy that like I was just, wow I don't know it was just it was definitely an eye-opening experience for me that I'm actually very grateful I had and okay yeah okay. so yeah okay and I'm interested to hear you're grateful about that experience do you think that really as you said like really lit the fire under your like I'm just gonna prove him wrong oh yeah I mean it kind of felt good because I was even <laughs> wrong <laughs> so I, was, I mean it probably would have been harder if like I was terribly but I literally went in the next day and like killed it like I was just like love it proving him wrong and like that felt so good to me like I was kind of yeah. just get out of here yeah and I told him I was like I'm gonna prove you wrong like I was like you're, you're funny that you think I'm leaving because I'm not love that and, so yeah, so that was definitely huge. And just in general, I think it's good to have, not that it's good to be in like crappy situations, but it's good to have those like experiences like where you're forced to like get yourself to a mental state where like you can handle people like that. Because I'm sure that is the last time in my life I will handle people like that, you know, mm. and that's okay. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I'm interested as well. You mentioned there you were thousands of miles away from home in a new country new city where you lived like what was that support did you have much of a support circle during that year and how did you really I know a lot of it is your you know your your mental aspect from yourself but how did you really stay positive did you have to lean on others a lot that year and so that time I it was actually good like again like I'm glad I hit that like kind of bump in the road when I was a bit younger like 16 17 taught me that I needed to kind of open up so I definitely opened up to my parents more um but learn to do it in a good way and my dad is like so beyond against negativity and which is great like sometimes you just want to scream and like get <laughs> a horrible word out of your body but um he finds a way to help us do it like in a constructive way because he's very about like the plane of attraction like if you're positive like positive things will be attracted to you and vice versa yeah. and so yeah so I definitely learned that way very well I also had a lot of fam. I have a lot of family in New York and they would okay. literally all of my games like doesn't matter like I mean they they would come and I could get in or I could not they would bring posters they would bring everything and they oh. were amazing. and same with like I made like I was like the only girl in my year in the Han school going in I was like oh my gosh they're either gonna like be like whatever or they're gonna like take me and they took me in like literally they, treated, they all treated me like a princess it was like 15 of them and and three of them I'm still like really good friends with and one of them he plays for UConn Ryan he's amazing and him and his dad just to show, like surprise me at my games oh. and then I have like my roommate who played on my she her family literally took me in and I just actually went to see them a couple of weeks ago and so they would always be there as a support system for me and honestly I was super lucky and that all the parents really rallied around me and like I mean I wasn't doing badly either like they rallied around all of us and so we had a really really great support system in that way and then my parents my dad would be over all the time because he would just be over like he just works a lot okay okay yeah he would show up a lot and so I mean I was I was super lucky like I had people around and you know and then and I had a lot of friends there too I mean I was really good friends with a group of British guys and um, who were supposed to soccer and that was actually really helpful for me like even though you know I'm an Irish person not a British person just yeah. nice 
that was like you know something a bit closer to home yeah and did the like kind of being away factor so yeah I was I was lucky in that mm-hmm. yeah because sometimes sometimes we don't have the support network when we're so far from home but yeah. you made the decision then to enter the transfer portal can you explain that process and how it all works and kind of take us through because I know there was like this synergy skills ranking thing I don't know if yeah. are they linked they're linked are they I don't believe they're linked or maybe they are I don't know so there's two different platforms one transfer portal and one synergy and um, okay they're different things. I don't okay. think, yeah I don't think that you have a connection but I just know that most coaches have all Okay. so synergy is essentially like what a lot of people will use as like um they'll do like their game film on that but also right. every single player is ranked um in terms of every single skill you bought i'm like oh wow very good or excellent or terrible like all very like you know written up and so what's it like reading that and being like oh i'm classed as really good or like terrible or something interesting i actually thought mine was really accurate so I didn't mind sure if I didn't think it was accurate, I would have been like, oh. But I like, felt it was like relevant. I mean, because I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses, you know? Yeah, like, yeah so, like, exactly. You're gonna tell me, I'm going to be like, yeah, you're, you're right. Actually, I'm, I'm not going to do too much. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't too bad. The transfer portal, so you can enter the transfer portal, basically means that coaches check it like nearly every day oh wow so basically you can go in and then it means that you're available scholarship but okay. basically as soon as you enter your name in the transfer portal you're canceling so it's a like the, the scholarship you're currently in so oh sorry I, yeah as soon as i try as soon as i go on the portal i lose st peter's scholarship like you can't be on it and keep that okay yeah so it's a risk because like if you're not picked up then you're just scholarshipless okay the risk because it's like school here is so expensive yeah so I I considered going on it and but I was like so against like leaving like I didn't play like a huge amount like I still felt like I contributed a lot on when I did get an opportunity on the court and then just off the court in general Mm -hmm. and I felt like I contributed a lot and so I just thought it was the right thing to do just to stick it out for the whole year. Mm-hmm. Literally the day after conference um, conference ended, I went on the portal. Um, so you okay. basically go on it and then you have to either inform your coach or else like the athletic um, person who helps you do it. Um, okay. And what's that like then? So you're in the transfer portal and as you said, the coaches check it every day. So do you then wait for them to contact you or are you still yeah. contacting? So literally within like, like, minutes like you've like you're flooded like with a well wow. coaches yeah and so um and like that does not mean you're getting all these scholarships it just yeah. like these are checking it all the time your job is to literally contact 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 whoever and um, you're getting a lot of so I was getting a lot of emails I was getting a lot of phone calls like and um, asked to go on a lot of visits and stuff and um, but only division one one I ended up getting was Houston Baptist and it was so uh, my coach is actually from Scotland and she yeah so she called she heard about me and called James Weldon and who was my national coach and so then he recommended me and then she got in contact with me and she was like can you fly down to Houston tomorrow 
and it was so funny like my initial reaction was I cried my eyes out because I was like oh my god because like it was my only full scholarship offer so I was like I have to take this yeah but Texas in my head was like cowboys and like (laughs) always and like I'm such a silly person like I literally had been in New York for three years yeah like I'm from Belfast like I'm not even from the country in Ireland like and and I lo- I got so used to New York. It was like yeah. really trying to stay in, like trying to be in New York City. Like I wanted to be in the city. So I was like devastated because I was like, I have to take this because I would never like not take a full scholarship. Yeah. And um, so I was kind of, that was so, it's so funny to me that that was my initial reaction because I only visited and I was like, I love it here. Like I was like, this is amazing. And I absolutely adore it. And um, yeah. so it's so funny. Everything happens for a reason. But yeah, my initial reaction was like, oh, no so yeah texas yeah that's gas i'm interested to hear you kind of spoke about it earlier and i had it on the questions list what's your relationship like with setbacks and failure i get the sense that you can turn it into a positive yeah definitely at the time i'm good at being like yeah no this i think it's a bit of like fire for me Mm. and and i think i definitely have the understanding that like feel i don't think there's like failure and like success like i think failure is like part of success part of the journey towards it and which has been something that has helped me in that failure is just like a step towards the journey which sounds like really cliche but mm. like that's so true and so like when I have a setback now like I think I'm very just like oh well, that's just life you know everything has a reason like it's fine like let's just see how it goes like I definitely think I'm way more laid back when it comes to that stuff now not in a way that like I will never not Hard. like I will always work hard but just in my mindset like I'm much instead of being so stressed about it like I'm very yeah like, right, like let's just it's all right you know yeah I love that I there was a good quote I heard on the high performance podcast I don't know if you listened to that it was um failure is not a full stop it's a comma and yeah, I, for some cool. reason that just really stuck with me and yeah. it sounds really cliche but when you listen like that high performance podcast they're all like elite like all these amazing people mm-hmm. and they all talk about as you said you had a setback but that setback nearly like they didn't let it define them they used it as like a stepping stone it's all part of the process yeah exactly in a way it like it's something that you can use to, like accept which is like ironic like it's like something that like because like better to hit, I think it's better to hit the failures earlier because if you don't you're working towards them for way longer them and then start over like it's like you know that's a good way to think of it yeah I'm interested to hear there as well about Houston Baptist University Uh, I know your sister's there now is there any sort of like team rules or like non-negotiable behaviors I don't mean like team rules like there's like a curfew but I just mean like maybe not even you don't even speak about it but just like this expectation of like standards and is there is there any rule about if you show up late you have to do like runs or anything so like there's a lot of like you know and um, we have to like we have at least 30 minutes before practice in the morning oh wow. and, yeah and um, we all have to like see the trainer like there's a, lot, a bunch of we have to be there like an hour before the game like just mm-hmm. uh, there's a bunch of time rules mm-hmm. trying to think what else I mean there's a bunch of things like that they're probably endless like the lists of rules like you have yeah we have a lot of lists like that and the contract at the start of the year and like we have like a handbook and a notebook and stuff that we have to like go oh wow year in like a team meeting so like we have a lot of and then it's like things like if like we have to send an academic email to our academic coach every Thursday so okay. we must have a different like one of our, one of the assistant coaches or the head coach is our 
like group and we have to like update them every Thursday on our classes and if we don't wow. like a punishment bucket like stuff like that wow Jeannie yeah. Mac what's that contract like is that a bit of a coach Carter contract or yeah no I don't think <laughs> it's just very like you know living up to like the standards of what it is to be like sent HBU basically so it's like all about again like the academic minimum gpa like what time we have to be at th- certain thing okay things like stuff like that okay so, yeah mm-hmm. i know what you mean and speaking about all this like that can sound really nearly like overwhelming how do you prevent burnout kind of and keep that i know you always have that motivation that fire but how do you make sure that it doesn't become too much for you and you're really have you ever burnt out maybe i don't know yeah 100 i mean the time i first burned out was that 17 like everything just got on top of me mm. and but I think that I learned and then I think that um definitely have burned out confidence wise because I think that this is like something that I know it's different for different people but it's something that I know I can work on like it's something that I always have to like be on top of and like working on and like practicing in my mind mm. And, mm. and I'm sure that's the same for so many people and, and so I definitely have got to points once or twice where I've like find that really hard because I'm like this is so hard like mm-hmm. having to constantly fight for this and like sometimes you'll get like minimum results from it mm-hmm. and you know so that can be really difficult but I think when it comes to overcoming that it's like finding a way to shift your your perspective and and like again like lists kind of like what you're talking about that girl like writing stuff down like I definitely like writing lists I get that from my mom even just Mm -hmm. like lists like I just find it really productive and but I think something for me is like writing down like reminding myself of my why like why am I doing this what do I enjoy about it what do I not enjoy about how can I target the things that I'm not enjoying to turn them into something that I I will enjoy again and that's definitely something that's big for me Okay, that's really interesting. And is there any point that you've kind of um, preempted burnout and you've been able to kind of take a step back from 100%. your previous experience? Yeah. How did you How did you kind of recognize those moments where you're kind of like, oh no, like I need to really watch myself here and what did you do to really stop the full burnout? I think it's thoughts in my head. Like I think that I'm much more aware of my inner critic and like my self-narrative, like I can understand like, how I'm talking to myself about things how I'm talking to myself about myself how I'm talking to myself about basketball because I think that the way you talk in your head constantly it is going to eventually have an effect and a lot of the times you don't even notice that you're talking in a negative way consistently Mm -hmm. you know like like we're human like it's fine to say negative things here and there like we're not going to be you know all happy-go-lucky all the time I think that if it's consistently negative or if it's consistently bashing like if I consistently was telling myself every day I don't like basketball yeah like I'm gonna end up thinking I don't like basketball you know whereas if you change the narrative in your head so I think it's like being self-aware of like what my thoughts are because they do have an effect yeah totally I'm I'm definitely agree with you there I want to talk to you a little bit about the upcoming season the new rule I think it only came in like two days ago about college athletes making money off their name image and likeness yeah. can you explain to the listeners what kind of the brief history because it's been a really big issue for the last yeah. number of years and how that will impact not only you but other athletes moving forward yeah so 
basically the name image and likeness is that the NCAA wouldn't allow athletes to earn any money and whether it's like getting deals with brands or like sponsorships just because it's like in many ways seen as an extra benefit mm-hmm. and what to get and in terms of like people trying to persuade you to go to certain schools things like that and however the reason it's been a massive debate is because many schools like many of the big division one schools earn a lot of money from people's names image and likeness so millions 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 millions. so like people will literally like schools will earn millions from like someone's jersey like and that kid like say for example it was me so me (laughs) (laughs) my jersey was like this like you're regretting millions of jersey and i didn't penny not a penny like that is a joke like that is such yeah so the fact that it's being moved is insane and it's funny because it's like it's it's really funny because it's like the big schools are really the ones that it's those kids that are going to be earning a lot when it comes to smaller schools like if you're going to be getting any type of money it's likely not because of your affiliation with your school it's just because of like the you gained like elsewhere and so it's funny how there's always like this gray of like and that's why it's been such a debate you know and realistically like it's not going to earn anything off me you know yeah yeah exactly skills will it's like kind of trying to find that like balance and Mm. but yeah so it's huge I mean people have signed deals already for like two million and like I'm like so happy and like I think that this could possibly maybe decrease the amount of one and dones because I mean people are so eager to earn money which I completely get like I completely and like it's not as if college basketball isn't so fun to play like what an amazing experience I could see people taking that few more years to like play college basketball while they're earning a money and going to the NBA because like why not they're already earning money and they can play college basketball maybe win a ring like exactly exactly greatest example is Zion Williamson he would have earned millions sure someone choked on Twitter he would have taken a pay cut going to the NBA like (laughs) yeah and Skylar Dickens like literally her like thing was like her like I remember I was like obsessed with her I used to tweet her all the time like she's doing that one time I was excited and I used to look at her headbands like she would have made so much money off those because I was like a random kid in Ireland you know like money worldwide so I don't know it really I'm just so happy for the people who deserve it because like a lot of people do unfortunately for me I was like super excited and but we like got told like because we're internationals I like different rules with our visas so we might still not be able to like oh no from it there's like a huge gray area because essentially like we're not allowed to earn unless we're on campus um but it doesn't say anything of getting goods and stuff so I think like merchandise and stuff will be fine but massive debate right now so it's like a gray area okay stay out of it which like I get um but yeah so I'm really hoping that that pull um soon so that like we can go ahead and like do stuff like that yeah but yeah for right now it's a no-go still for us that's so annoying because I was just gonna say like what are you gonna do and then sure oh that's I, such... know. I was just made a bar still athlete like right before I found out about like no I was oh like, sugar <laughs> yeah so, oh we'll see yeah look hopefully it's it it'll all be sorted out i'm interested here as well you spoke about before on another podcast about you made this you kind of have it in your head that you don't particularly maybe want or you're not going to look to play professionally 
um, maybe like maybe but you don't know but kind of talk us through that decision because I actually thought that was really brave of you to say uh, on a podcast in public because uh, similar to what you said it's kind of like if you were listening to an athlete in your position maybe a couple of years ago you would have been like oh my god why don't they like they should be going for the WNBA they should be going to get this like big money and all this but I actually think like and that was really brave of you to say because that's something I don't think we talk about enough with players that you don't always have to go for the top I don't know if you know what I'm, yeah. I think I know what you get I think you know what I'm saying yeah I totally get you yeah no I am um, wasn't like I woke up one day and was like I'm not doing that I think it was definitely a period of time like I just think that like I'm so grateful for it like it has given me so much and um, a lot of like crap wee times with it if you know what I mean which is totally fine like that's just yeah and um, but I think that I just kind of got to a point where I was like I want to really enjoy this again you know and like so I could see myself playing with or like you know like playing like wherever I end up playing in like a local thing and like hopefully it'll continue to give me opportunities and continue to help me meet like people through basketball and mm-hmm. um, and it's something that I love to do so like yeah like I would like to do it in that way but in terms of going to the next level like I just don't think that it's something I want to pursue or at least right now I don't think it is anyway like things may change in a year and mm-hmm. um, but I think I'm kind of ready to like reprioritize and and like I've just started working and stuff and so I'm excited to like put more of my focus on like that part of my life after this year obviously this year I'm still completely committed to basketball and that was my main focus my main focus and but I think I'm excited for like that next chapter in a sense and to kind of which is like going to be huge for me because my whole life like like I said like I can't even tell you like what age I decided certain things because it's just been my life my whole life so yeah and it's definitely massive in terms of my mindset shift and and it was definitely something that I did find hard like singing for a while because I always had this in my head that I was like I mean I've always been the best like a basketball player like I've always been that person that was gonna try to do that Mm -hmm. and but and it was hard like it was funny like I actually found it hard like kind of saying that stuff to my mom I'm ready to just kind of play like like you know yeah like just about ball just to play ball like just you know I don't know yeah Um, but once I did I felt so much better and which kind Mm -hmm. of also it as well that it was kind of the right move for me were you nearly telling yourself as well as telling your mom yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh I don't know anything until I said it out loud to my mom I'm telling you yeah yeah no totally understandable because I think it just naturally everyone you know just kind of thinks and you want to be sure when we're going up we all think we're going to the NBA and we're going to do everything yeah. to go to the NBA but you kind of reach a point where you're like look Orla and Anna you're not going to the NBA and exactly. I think yeah yeah and look sometimes it, that's really hard to accept and I've had to accept it in other parts of my life I just think that's something I wanted to bring up because I think that's something particularly for younger athletes that yeah. basketball you're you're like basketball you're you you play basketball but you're not basketball and exactly. you know and that's okay yeah and it's okay to have those kind of thoughts where maybe when you reach your mid-20s or maybe when you're 30, 40, even 50, where you're kind of like, okay, I'm ready to, to move yeah, on. exactly. It's like having that understanding. It's like, it's like crazy because it's like, it was admitting to myself I wasn't going to do it, but that I didn't want to do it, you know? Yeah. And like, that like hurt my, like hurt my feelings. I like hurt my yeah. like, younger self's feelings. I was like, I've put so much work in my whole life. 
and but like it's like it's okay like if you don't want to do it like it's okay. yeah was like, that's fine and I was like is it though like is it <laughs> fine oh but it's like not that like I mean I I would have just been probably like small like somewhere in like Europe or like Australia or something but it was definitely something I can like my whole life doing yeah and, yeah like admitting to myself that I didn't actually want to do that like so much better yeah yeah I'd say so I'm gonna ask one last question before the sideline seven just conscious of time there uh, what is your definition or interpretation of success oh that's a great question um I don't know if this is a leg- if this is a good enough answer but I that the combination of in your head on your pillow knowing that you've worked hard and done everything you can to complete goals and with the combination of happiness love it yeah and I just think the com like the happiness part is so important because if you're doing everything you can like I said there's going to be struggle but if you're doing everything you can to work towards your genuinely unhappy like I think there needs to be a reassessment of the goals and so I think those elements are super important yeah I agree there totally with the happiness part and I think we've I've definitely forgotten that I need to enjoy the journey and enjoy sport because if I'm just working hard every day well that's just hard work but like if I'm not happy and enjoying it then it's just hard work and then what am I doing now I'm still like I I can admit here I've enjoyed myself sometimes too much and not put in the hard work (laughs) yeah of course But, but we need to like remember like that we do need to enjoy it it's not just like this constant slog like just knocking yourself down totally we're not here for that long like let's be happy while we're here you know yeah definitely i'm going to move on to the sideline seven uh it's the same seven questions at the end of every podcast uh question one what is your favorite quote control the yeah that's a consistent theme really throughout this whole chat yeah, that has been from when I was super young. That's been my main thing. Rollables for sure. Best sporting event you've been to? 20. No, lo, yeah, London 2012 Olympics. Oh, cool. What events were you at? Uh, I went to the um, the semi, the men's and women's basketball, which was super oh, cool. Fun. And I also went to, I seen UCM Bolt run, which is super fun. I went to the track. Yeah, it was super fun went to we got into like the usa house oh and, wow yeah so we like the usa athletes it was super fun so that was That's definitely cool. a favorite event yeah yeah out of interest what teams were in the the basketball games it was i can't even remember usa were in both obviously i think it was usa and usa against one team and then australia against another team because we got okay. a coach and everything for the women's which was super cool but we seen the women and the men's yeah that sounds brilliant is there any particular standout moment for you as in you were involved in the event like a match or something like that um wait at at the london 25 olympics was there anything like a standout moment for you in your career like is there any oh right right. um pretty much any time i've played for ireland like any of the europeans like probably the ones that i've captained like i felt the most like pride you know yeah you know, just leading an Irish team has been super cool I think there was there was one time I think it was like maybe Bosnia and Herzegovina I can't remember if, maybe it was Romania one of those countries but it was like at the start of you know how at the start if like the captains like flags and everything it was like before the tournament had even started like on like this whole big sound 
so awesome wow that's cool does it get better every time you represent your country yeah like that's like genuinely my favorite thing like I love it yeah it's like such an honor I'd say so um biggest setback or challenge so far in your career I know we spoke about a lot of them but is there any particular real standout one I'd say that um I mean probably probably being told I suck yeah probably I don't know just because it wasn't something I could just be like whatever like I had to actively really do for a long period of time I'd say probably that yeah but again I'm grateful for it so exactly exactly and a bit more positive then uh, your biggest achievement on or off the court I think that like I can genuinely say I think I'm a really amazing teammate like any team that I'm on and so I think the consistency of that is something that I'm like genuinely proud of and I think that my teammates would all stand up and agree with that which is something that I think is huge like the fact that I can be a consistent leader okay and yeah and how do you how do you lead then as as you're moving through the different teams like you've mentioned there captaining Ireland you would have probably been yeah. a leader at the home school then your time in Peters and then now going to HBU how was your role as a leader and your experience developed yeah well actually one of the main um reasons I was recruited to HB was as a captain like uh, my coach recruited me as a leader oh okay watching me and everything like she had felt like I had those qualities and was one of the main reasons she actually recruited me and to have that role Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think I naturally have that type type of um like way about me like I think naturally like I don't it's not like forceful or anything it's just I think naturally like I tend to get role which I like really really love and um, mm. but yeah I think that if anything like all different experiences have just really helped me because I've like like I mean my experience has been so diverse like I've met people from all over I've had terrible teammates great teammates like okay mm. teammates I've had all different type of teammates and I've learned like how it like people need different things to kind of make them tick or like to yeah. motivate different things get them down like understanding people so like I think I've got better with people like understanding people Mm -hmm. and through my experiences and I don't think that I would be the leader that I think I am today without having gone through all those experiences yeah I love the way you spoke about the different leadership things I'll I'll send you something after the podcast I think you're like but as out of interest are you more of a vocal leader or is it like okay follow me and I'll show you you know in the court like you'll just I think it's both like I'm definitely I mean I definitely lead by example in that feel like I always work the hardest I always do the right thing and so I think that's like influential in that way but I'm also very local very vocal like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm very loud like I'm always talking I'm always clapping I'm always talking to different people whether it's quietly or loudly you know yeah. and I definitely think I'm kind of a mix I would say uh, kind of looking back then advice your 18 year old self I'm, I'm assuming that would have been kind of around the Hun school looking or yeah. moving into St. Peter's yeah I think that I would tell myself that everything happens for another super cliche, cliche thing but something <laughs> that I've like kind of learned that I'm like like there's been things that I've felt like it's been like the end of the world and then I've been like oh like this is it you know this is way better than what I thought it would be so and um, I think like kind of trusting the process and understanding that you know it's gonna be fine like it's gonna be okay it's gonna yeah 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 dead right uh dream dinner guest and why 
okay this is gonna sound so lame because it's like I should probably someone like you know I don't know but I have always wanted to meet Avril just because I think who, who's her you cut out Avril Lavigne <laughs> that's so I random know, I know so <laughs> like, I should pick someone like way more but like I, Michael Jordan <laughs> yes no I want to meet Avril Lavigne I really think she's so cool I think she's so cool I love her songs I don't know I so, so I want to meet her okay that's really cool uh yeah. final question before I let you go if your life was a book what chapter would this be called so I think that probably the transition because like I've been through multiple transitions in terms of like moving country moving school stuff like but I think that this is like my mind transition in like mm-hmm. moving from like basketball being like everything and like my life basketball being like a part of my life that I've just been super grateful for and that you know so probably like the mindset transition love it yeah I'm looking forward to keeping up with not only this year your last year HBA but beyond I just want to thank you so much for your time we've gone well over here Um, I just (laughs) want to wish you as well the best of luck with next year and with everything and we'll definitely keep in touch thank you so much thank you for having me on it's been so fun massive thank you to Adam for joining me today I'll be sure to leave all of our social media links in the description box below if you'd like to keep up with our season and I just want to wish you the very best of luck moving into our senior year this is all part of the Green Army Abroad series where we hear from Irish basketball players around the globe if there was someone you'd like to hear from be sure to let me know over on Instagram or Twitter at the sideline life I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll catch you in the next one